Last night, uh, Gene was on Facebook. It was prom night in Indiana where we moved from. And little children who have grown up are now going to the prom. And it happens quickly. So Gene showed me pictures of Lindsay and Hannah and Heidi and others going to the prom. And two of my favorite pictures had the father of the daughter in the middle of the picture. The daddy was here, his daughter was here, and the no good boy that came to take his daughter out was here. And daddy was holding a 12-gauge shot. <laughs> Kevin Cummer was holding a 12-gauge shot. And then she showed me another picture. Family across the street, also members of the Hopewell Baptist Church, where Aaron, the father, was here, the daughter was here, the boy was there, Aaron had a 12-gauge shotgun. <laughs> it made me think back 10 years or so to when our daughter went to the prom, maybe not quite 10 years, but I remember I didn't have a shotgun at the time. So I made posters on the computer that the Board of Health had quarantined our house because of I put some disease on there and told people to keep out. <laughs> they didn't work, the boy came anyway. <clears throat> fathers of daughters and mothers of daughters and fathers of sons and mothers of sons, sometimes we worry, and I, we know what Scripture says about it, but sometimes we, we do. And I guess there are a lot we could worry about. If you watch the news, you can worry. Politics got you down. April 15th, no good. Things at work okay. How's your health? What about your family? Any nuts in your family tree? Sometimes we worry about our family. It's always something. Our, our society is filled with scared and scarred people. I've heard this conversation, and I've had this have you, have you said or heard, you know, how can people bring a child into this world now? We take the people. And probably our parents had that same conversation, and our grandparents had the same conversation, and our great-grandparents did. If it wasn't the Civil War or World War I, it was the Great Depression or World War II or Korea or Vietnam or Gulf War. Fill in the blank. There's always something, and people always worry, it seems, but God doesn't want us to. Would you like to break free from worry? Yeah. We'll talk Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that today before we do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to be healed in spirit. Work in our lives as we take you at your word. Let us realize it is your word. And Father, let us take it to heart. I suppose all of us in this place have something that we could worry about. But Father, you have a different plan. And so we ask today, if we are in trouble and difficulty, that you would make us free. As we know the truth. If you promised as we know the truth, you would set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're going to look at an Old Testament story about a king that was worried. Uh, the story is told in a couple of places. It's told in 2 Kings and in Isaiah. 
The year is approximately 730 B.C. The king of Judah was Ahaz. And Ahaz lived in Jerusalem. He was 20 when he became king, and he wasn't a very good king. He was a descendant of David, but he was evil. He even made one of his own sons walk through fire as he sacrificed Ahaz woke up one morning with a pretty big problem. His land was going to be invaded according to his scouts. King Rezin of Aram, which we know as Syria today, and King Pekah of Israel were going to come after Judah and their alliance. They were making raids on Jerusalem. Now they wanted to take the whole land of Judah, Ahaz's kingdom. So Ahaz was worried as let me read you what it says about Ahaz. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 2. The Jews have come to the royal court in Judah. Syria, Aaron, is allied with Israel against us. So the heart of the king and his people trembled in fear like trees shaking in a storm. That's an interesting picture, isn't it? Trees shaking in a storm. He was worried, and the people worried, because they were going to be invaded. So what do you do? Well, fortunately for Ahaz, God had not given up on him. And God had a word for Ahaz that came through the prophet Isaiah. So you get the picture. King's in trouble. The land's in trouble. Invaders coming. The king is worried. But God speaks to Isaiah as Isaiah speaks to Ahaz. Isaiah chapter 3, 7, beginning verse 3. The Lord said to Isaiah, Take your son, Shear Jeshub, and go out to meet King Ahaz. You'll find him at the end of the aqueduct that feeds water to the upper pool near the road leading to the field where Paul is washed. Tell him to stop worrying. Tell him to stop worrying. Tell him he doesn't need to fear the fierce anger of those true burned out members. God is describing this as it's really not a threat. King Rezin of Syria and Pekah, son of Ramalia. Yes, the kings of Syria and Israel are plotting against him, saying, We'll attack Judah and capture it for ourselves. Then we'll install the son of Tabeel as Judah's king. But this is what the sovereign Lord says It'll never happen. The invasion will never happen, it'll never take place. Very often, and this is just an aside, we worry about things that will never happen and things that will never take place. For Syria, it's no stronger than its capital, Damascus, and Damascus is no stronger than its king, Rezin. And as for Israel, within 65 years, it will be crushed and completely destroyed. Israel is no stronger than its capital, Samaria, and Samaria is no stronger than its king, Pekah, son of Rumalia. And so Isaiah goes to the king Ahaz and says, Hey, this is what God has said. Don't worry. Now, Ahaz has a choice. Does he believe God? Or does he ignore God? And let me stop for a moment from this story and go to today, to our story. We've got the same choice. Every day of our lives, no matter what the phone call says, or the email says, or the voice says, or the doctor says, we have a choice to be listening to God or 
in my own life, I have found when my prayer life is what it should be, I do not worry. Did you get the qualification? When my prayer life is what it should be, I do not worry. When my prayer life is lacking, I can worry with the best of Back to Isaiah chapter 7. I love how verse 9 ends. This, I left this out of the last part on purpose because I wanted you to see this separately. God to Isaiah, God to Ahaz, God to you, God to me, God to all of us. This is true. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand. Unless your faith is firm, unless you take me at my word, unless you believe in me, God says, I cannot make you stand. Look at it in the New King James Version. That was New Living Translation. In the New King James it says, If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. If you don't believe, if you don't trust, if you don't connect, if you don't pray, if you don't seek, you're in trouble. And we all have our testimonies. So God says to Ahaz, trust me. Let's see what Ahaz does. I'm going to pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 16 and see how it's told there, beginning in verse 7. Instead of trusting in God, King Ahaz had another plan. King Ahaz sent messengers to King Tiglath Pileser of Assyria with the message, I am your servant and your vassal. Come up and rescue me from the attacking armies of Aram and Israel. And Ahaz took the silver and gold from the temple of the Lord and the palace treasury and sent it as a payment to the Assyrian king. So instead of trusting God, I'm going to rob the treasure from the temple and send it to another more powerful king and he can help us, and it just began a mess. The king of Assyria attacked, verse 9, the Aramean capital of Damascus, and led his population away as captives, resettling them in Kerr, and he also killed King Rezin. But Ahaz ignored God, and he made a deal with the king of Assyria. And Ahaz was now to holy as a servant, not to God but to another king, the king of Assyria. Back to us. When we are afraid, when we face tough situations, when we worry, when we fail to trust God, when we ignore God, trouble comes. Next time you are afraid, next time you're in a situation, you need to remember that God wants to make an alliance, a partnership with you. And that should be your refuge, your first, your one, your own. I thought about several scriptures to help us not to worry. And I looked at some beautiful Old Testament scriptures. Isaiah 66, 13. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in I think God wants to do that to us as well. What a beautiful picture. As a mother comforts, I will comfort. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong power. The righteous run to it and are safe and they're not worried. Psalm 46, you know this one so very well. God 
Therefore, we will not fear, we will not worry. Even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried to the midst of the sea, <coughs> though its waters nor be troubled, though the mountains shake and swelling, everything is falling apart, but God is a refuge. God is our Psalm 46, 11, God, Lord of hosts, is with us. The God of Jacob, the God of all history, is our refuge. But getting to the New Testament, and I just chose one verse from Matthew. Words of Jesus in chapter 11, verse 28. If you're worried, this applies to you. Listen to this. Come to me. All of you who labor and are heavy laden, heavy laden, worried and depressed and anxious, and I will give you rest. The word for rest there is a Greek word, and it means to have peace, to have calm, to have tranquility. It really means to be exempt. To be exempt from all this stuff that happens. Isn't exempt a beautiful word? If you were a student once and you found out you were exempt from an exam, that was a good thing. You were free to do what you wanted to do and didn't have to worry about it. If you're exempt from taxes, see me after service. I'd like to talk to you. That's a good thing. If you're exempt from worry, then you're living as Jesus instructed you to live. That's what he intended for us to be that way. Did you see the story from Tampa, Florida this week? John Polinski, a 62-year-old man, made the news. He'd been living on the street for the past three years plus. He slept under benches so nobody would see him, and he ate what he could forage and find discarded by others. He was befriended by a caseworker and a policeman. And they helped him reclaim his identity because his identity had been stolen and all he had had been stolen and he didn't deal with it very well and just panicked and hit the streets. The caseworker and the policeman helped him secure a social security card and a driver's license. And after some research, the policeman found a forgotten bank account. Did you see this? A forgotten bank account. The bank had changed names and changed names and changed names, but the detective found it. No amount was given. But there was enough in the account because of Social Security and other funds that had been coming in and interest that had accrued over the years, where he was able to buy a house and get off the street. He didn't have to be homeless. But his identity was stolen. And he forgot for a while who he was. He had riches he wasn't aware of. <coughs> if you are a child of the king, you do too. Never allow your identity to be stolen. Never allow worry and fear to enter your life. Oh, what peace we often find.